breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty with Scott Hughes in studio, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shreveport City Councilman Grayson Butcher. Grayson, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. How are y'all? Man, we're doing great. Thank you for uh, agreeing to talk with us this morning. Uh, yeah. We're talking about the uh, Director of Council Affairs that uh, okay. has been. This position has been created. Um, are you guys interviewing now? Is how's that process going? Where, where are we in that stage? Well, as, as I'm sure you're aware, I, this is not a position that I really felt like we needed at this point. I wanted a little bit more investigation into it. Um, Absolutely, Doctor Jackson proposed uh-huh. this, didn't he? Grayson, this is Scott Hughes. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Scott. Yeah, he he proposed it. Um, unfortunately, we we kind of lost that battle. Uh, I, I did. Um, last Tuesday vote against the funding for it. Uh, myself and Councilman Talaferro and Councilman Brooks voted against the funding for it and, and we lost that battle as well. So um I, I had been in, you know, pretty much constant conversations with, with Councilman Jackson about how we would handle the interviews. And one suggestion that I had is let you know, depending on how many applications we get, maybe we could break off and interview uh these people individually and then the top maybe four or five would be interviewed uh, in in front of the public, and then we vote on them there in a public meeting. Um, you know, over the last few days, there's been some questions, I believe, that have been raised about the legality of doing that individually. Um, but there was never, in, in my mind, and, and from talking to Councilman Jackson, there was never any intent not for the public to hear the, the top however many, three, four, however many we had, and then be interviewed in front of the public and then voted upon. And I think, so, that, Grace, I think that is the big question right now. I think um, John Settle, who many know, who um, former attorney and, and, and a publisher these days of, of a newspaper, I think he has raised that exact issue on the legality and the opens meetings law in terms of interviewing. And so um, where is the council in regards? I think you just went through that process. Have you agreed on the process you just outlined? Or what do you believe well, the process we, we had, will be? Well, we but if the, we had, um, you know, Councilman Jackson is kind of leading leading this. Um, you know, my, like I said, the way it ends up, I want it to be in an open interview process. Uh, if we narrow them down, I, you know, we didn't know how many inter- how many people we were going to get in the first place, how many applicants we were going to get. So let's say we got fifteen, twenty applicants. Are, are, the, are those are those uh, are those public record? Yes, they should be. Yeah, we've got six applications right now. So. It's not quite as many as what we had thought, but let's let's back up and say we got 15 total applicants. How many of those applicants are really truly qualified to do the job, right? I mean, you've taken job applications before. And so sort of a first HR get, step, a, a general screening step of who's even qualified. Right, exactly. So instead of interviewing everybody that may not be qualified, we, we felt breaking off into twos or threes and interviewing them. And, and I say we because I, I agreed to it. Uh, and interviewing them and then taking the top three, four, or five, however many uh, we felt like that, that that actually had 
some skin in the game and could be hired, then you interview those people in front of the public in a public meeting, and then you vote on them, similar to what the parish did with the uh, with their clerk recently, or I say recently, it's been several years ago, and then what they did with the with the registrar of voters. That was kind of what the plan was. Now, since Mr. Settle's thrown in this that it may not be legal with open meetings law, I don't know if this was run by the city attorney. So um, I kind of think we may want to put the brakes on it right now and figure out if it's legal for us to break off into those into those groups and interview and come up with the final, you know, three or four people that we're we want to interview in public. Yeah, we're talking with City Councilman Grayson Butcher about the new Director of Council Affairs position created by the Shreveport City Council. Grayson, is this, I mean, this seems to me to be a, a glorified PR position. What are the qualifications that the council is looking for? Well, we just got the qualification list uh, of what uh, of what they want uh, last week. And, you know, college degree, people that have experience with public relations, a, a newsletter is a big deal. You know, personally for me and for my district in District D, I, I am still going to be the point of contact. Um, and that was kind of my contention with this whole thing. I, you know, right now, my calls, people can either call me on my cell phone, they can send me an email, or they can call the council office. And then we, you know, we work together with the five employees that we have, well, four now, but the, the, the employees that we have in the council office to get things taken care of. But I like to be the point of contact. The only good sure. thing about this, the only good thing about this position is you can call me and I can get you to the, the correct department head. And then sometimes I think it's taken care of. But then I get a call about two weeks later that's not. It would be really nice to have somebody that could follow, follow through and contact these people back and say, hey, is your, is your problem taken care of? And unfortunately, I stay so busy with my regular job and trying to take care of, of council business that it's, it's hard for me to do the follow-up um, to make sure that things were, were actually completed. Uh, that's the only thing that I see would be beneficial to this. But, you know, I, I don't want one voice for the council. I think we all, all seven of us should have our own voices. I think all seven of us should be able to come on Kill or go on television or do whatever we want to do. So, and I'm not saying that's what this position will replace, but some of the verbiage is, you know, will be a voice for the council. I, I don't need a voice. I have my own. Where are we? I mean, have you done interviews? You said you have six applications. Have, no, there, have there, they been interviews. interviewed? No, those interviews are scheduled for Friday. Um, the, the individual interviews that the, you know, there will be like three uh, three council members or two council members and council staff that will interview each individual one. So you know, let's say you're coming in, then then you'll have to sit before you know I, I don't know what it's going to be uh, like four different panels will interview each person. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a time tedious type deal, but. Now that Mr. Settle has raised the legalities of it, I want to make sure with the city attorney that us doing these individual um, interviews is, is legal. Um, I, I kind of feel like it probably is, but I'm not an attorney, and I want to make sure we're doing it right. But there was never any intention, I don't think, from any council member for us to circumvent the public or, or make these secret. I just think we were just trying to kind of narrow down the list a little bit but now that we've only got six applications maybe we don't need to narrow down the list maybe well, there, we can do it all in public there there have been several questions that have been raised one the 13 percent pay raise that we know is unsustainable um you know uh, police officer salaries it's, it's like 
well, we find these positions, these assistants at six figures, but we can't pay our police officers. We can't sustain this 13% pay raise that was just initiated. Um, you know, what, what, what is your, what is the council's response on that? Well, I, I can tell you this in a, in a perfect world, if Grayson Butcher was the mayor or if Grayson Butcher was Senate, maybe it wouldn't be a perfect world. <laughs> For me, it would because I'd be able to do it, what, you know, some things that I think we should do. But I would have done a hiring freeze automatically and let's figure out what we got. Let's figure out what these people are doing. Uh, and that's somewhat what I said in the meeting about this position. Let's, let's look at other cities similar size to Shreveport. Let's see what they're doing. Let's see if they have council staff to help let's you know you can say you know new orleans has full-time council members okay that's fine uh we're not new orleans what what does shreveport specifically need and i think if we'd have taken a little bit of time we have an open position right now we we had a we had a young lady that left us uh at the end of the year so we have an open position now maybe this could be done within staff that we already have but uh you know like i said if i were if i were driving the boat which i'm not uh and this has nothing to do with the mayor the mayor did not choose to do this position let me be clear there but i will say this i would do a hiring freeze over all of all of Shreveport. i i commend the mayor for what he's done with the economic development department i, I think that one person working in there is, is, is a perfect idea instead of growing that i mean I, i've sat in five budget meetings over the last five years and there is a lot of fat and personnel in the city of Shreveport. you're you're 100 correct um, last question, Grayson. I think you know, our last minute we've yeah. got here. Let's move beyond the, the the hiring of the position. When they're hired, who is their supervisor? Is the supervisor the chair of the council? Is it the head of your your commission office? Is it the seven city council persons? If you get over this hiring process, who do they answer to? That's something that I've been asking for. I want to see who they answer to. In in my mind, it would be the clerk of council, but I'm being told in some cases that it may not be. So all I want to do in this, Scott, is since there's so many unanswered questions, I want to make sure that whoever is hired, I'm part of that process uh, to make sure who we get. Now, having said that, um, I don't necessarily think the position is needed, and uh, we've got a long way to go with this. So, uh, But we are pushing it very quickly, and, and like I said, I wish we could just kind of put the brakes on it and so I, I, this morning, since all these questions with Mr. Settle came up, I do plan to, uh, to speak with the city attorney today and make sure that we're legal and we're doing everything we're supposed to do. And I want this to be as, a tra as transparent as possible where the citizens know exactly what we're doing and what this person does. So that, that's a lot of work that still needs to be done on this. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, Lewis R. Avalone in studio this morning. Good morning, first of all. Absolutely. Good morning. <laughs> How are y'all? We're doing we're doing very well, thank you. Ruben feeling much better from yesterday. Much better. A cocktail of stomach medications and a three hour nap took care of it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. None of which I had, so maybe I need to do that today. Maybe. Uh although my stomach's fine. <laughs> but I the three hour nap sounds really good right now. Oh about man. <laughs> 
Uh, you guys, um, we were talking about the city council. I know you guys, uh, you and Stephen Parr, American Ground Radio, 5 to 7 every Monday through Friday here on 710 Uh You talked about city council last night. Oh, my Lord. And I hope it's, we can get into some of this. We're going, because We are going to get into this this morning. I mean, this was just, and of course, now the interim city attorney has come out and said, guys, gals, you can't do this, which I'm glad that she finally did. But it's kind of like, what were they thinking? I well, mean, this was a deliberate attempt to skirt the open meetings law. There and and, and we're going to talk about that. We've got to take a break, so I I, I don't want to cut you off. Uh, so uh, stay close, Louis R. Avalone in for Aaron, Mike, and McCarty, one hundred one seven FM seven. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and uh, Louis R. Avalone in for Aaron, and she uh, doing her recovering, and hope she, I, I hope she's doing everything right. She's got a doctor's appointment tomorrow, and uh, hopefully she'll get cleared, and we'll see her back in her chair on Monday. I mean on the Thursday. My God, I'm telling you, it's, it all runs it's together. Weird. It's something. <laughs> I feel like I've got that COVID fatigue, the fog, the COVID after, fog. Yeah, yeah. after I, after I had COVID that one time, the worst part of it was the fatigue. I mean, it went on for months. Got over it, and but it, but that's how I'm feeling right now. I didn't even want to go to Highland Parade. Do you think it may have been that? bat guano coffee you were drinking last week <laughs> that you were advertising no nope, nope, it's not bat guano it's good old community coffee here <laughs> yeah we, we got we've got the good stuff i think we turned lewis off to coffee lewis <laughs> <laughs> lewis r avaloni from american ground radio in uh, in with us this morning uh real quick we've we've got a, an, another break but i i know uh i spoke with uh, police, uh, Shreveport police yesterday about the shooting at Mardi Gras, uh, the one that killed the 17 year old from Elysian Fields, Texas. And it's just, it, if I, I have to be careful because I'm, I'm not minimizing the young man's death, but you know, on, on one hand, fortunately it wasn't, uh, a gang violence. It wasn't, you know, a drug deal gone bad or something like that. It was a, a terribly tragic situation uh it was it was just you know some teenage boys cutting up they were just you know play, they were i think they were doing like sword fighting and just they were they were all friends and no i think it underscores the fact that choices that one makes in life can have fatal consequences and i know that may sound like captain obvious but at the same time Here's a, a a 16-year-old boy who decides to bring a handgun to a parade. I'm sure he has good parents. I, I'm presuming I have n no information otherwise. But why would you – what is it about – I mean, is it just a 16-year-old being stupid? The only thing that, that – you know, the, the one of the things that came to my mind was the scene in Indiana Jones – 
It was, in fact, it was an ad lib from Harrison Ford when the, they're in the that crowded street and the and the he's right. facing oh, yeah. off with the guy and he's spinning those swords and coming at you know and Harrison just looks at him and pulls out a gun and shoots him and of course at that moment in that film that was like a funny moment, uh, you, you know, you brought a sword to a gunfight kind of thing, and and that's what came to my mind, you know. Again, I'm. I don't know. I haven't seen any footage, or, or I haven't, you know, don't have any details. But uh, it was just a tragic situation all around. That the these kids were just cutting up, and it, it just got out of hand. And I think this is a multifaceted discussion. I think one of those facets is that I don't think, in and of itself, the parade is unsafe, or any no. of our Mardi Gras parades are unsafe. You know, someone said, well, you know, I don't hear this going on in other places where they have Mardi Gras parades like oh, in Jefferson. Oh, it in New Orleans well, Saturday, it certainly did. Sunday night. But at the same time, you know, where are any of us really safe? Right. We're going we're gonna to take a break, but I, I agree with you. Louis R. Avalone in studio for Aaron. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM. Go. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty with Lewis R. Avaloni from American Ground Radio and the Republican Party of Caddo Parish in studio with us this morning. Now I know you and Stephen Parr last night um dissected this city council situation where they're trying to do secret meetings and you know, one of the one of the assertions has been that with this new position they had somebody in mind before it even got started. Uh, I've heard that. A lot of times you hear companies, you know, they they have a position and, and somebody, okay, you, you got the job, you, but you've got to apply. We've got to interview other people, but don't worry, kind of situation, you know. Yeah, and that but, may but be to, the case. But to satisfy the, the corporate rules and, and laws of, uh, of, of hiring fair practice, you have to go through the entire process. Uh, we did speak with Dr. Alan Jackson a few weeks ago, and he said, no, there's not anybody specifically in mind. Uh, this is just a position that's been created to help the council. No, of course not. We don't have anyone in mind. I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, and maybe he doesn't. Maybe none of them do. But look, regardless, just do it out in the public. It hasn't been. In a... the sunlight. Yes. Let the sunlight in. I mean, what is the, why do we need to interview these candidates under the cover of darkness. I mean, some of them may have conflicts of interest. Some of them may have relationships with council members. Uh, nepotism is also an unknown. So there's a number of issues that if you just conduct the people's business... In front of the people. Wow, what a concept. Maybe it will turn out okay yeah we, we we asked grayson butcher yesterday what are the qualifications that they're looking for and he said i'm still trying to find that out uh, another council member jim talaferro said uh, I, I got a message that he had requested information about the position and had had yet to get a response as of yesterday but i mean i don't understand of... why do look uh, the city council 
has violated the Louisiana's open meetings law more than once already. I mean, the very first day that they met, December the 31st of last year, uh, just to come together, just to come together to elect a chairman and a vice chairman, they concluded their oh, meeting. Yeah. And then came right back in. There was there was question on who was actual chairman for, they, for right. several days. Well, they kicked everybody out before they reconvened to supposedly choose a new chairman and vice chairman. Louis R. Avaloni in for Aaron, 101.7 FM. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. I'm gonna change gears just a second because Ruben, one of my favorite events of the year that my wife have, and I have, have gone over to is has, it takes place over in your neck of the woods. Oh yeah. Over in Minden, Louisiana. Oh yeah. The Scottish Tartan Festival. Always a fantastic time. I love the Tartan we Festival. Love. I don't know, Lewis, if you've been. I have never been. Oh my no. gosh! It's just so much fun. It's it's not huge, uh, which one is one right. of the things I think I like <laughs> well, about it. Well, Minden's not huge either. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but for years, for over twenty years, uh, it's taken place at uh, Cameron Scottish Farms outside of Minden. Uh, down the Homer Road right. toward Homer uh, on the east side of Minden. Okay, so besides wearing a skirt, what else do you like about it? <laughs> I don't actually have a, a – I want to get a I, – I do want to get a kilt. I have I have Scottish heritage, uh, but I'm not going to get a kilt looking the way I look right now. I'm, I'm going to – no. I'm going to lose – sure you could make gotta, it work. I'm going to earn my kilt. you not, got to get, uh, get your kilt bod. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but they have uh they have they have Scottish music uh, bands that come in from all over the country. Uh, uh they have vendors that are that do various crafts and and uh, uh they do uh like some genealogical research different clans and it's just a lot of fun. They they they've also had traditional uh Highland games. I love the Highland games. The the caber toss, the, the tossing a log over a stick and stuff. Yeah, yeah I like that. I like stuff like that. Uh, a demonstration, and, and uh, Doctor Cameron has the Scottish cattle yes. on his farm out there that yep. are awesome to see. The, they're they're long haired, red, um, you know, with the horns of cattle. It, right. Yeah, they're they're just beautiful. <laughs> they look very Scottish. They do. <laughs> it's funny. It, it, you go. That's they're not from around here. Even a cow. <laughs> those aren't those aren't they, local they cows. Speak, they speak with a Scottish accent. <laughs> right. right. Me, me. <laughs> but they also do a demonstration. One of the one of the farmers has uh, as uh, the collie, the border collies. Oh and, yeah. And he'll take the a herd of cattle from way up on the hill and bring them into one of the pens down by the uh, the the you know the the site those herding dogs are smart man it's fascinating to watch and it's just it's just fun for the family it's it's something fun for the entire family but yeah. the last time we were there last year they also have a hayride and they take you all through the uh the the farm site and up through those uh, and it's cool his farm oh, absolutely is rolling hills so oh, yeah. it does it's not like you know not like louisiana flatland 
but uh, <laughs> he he had the hills shipped in. Yeah, yeah he, pr- <laughs> he must have. But his uh, Dr. Cameron's daughter happened to be on the hayride with us, and she was telling us, "Well, this is the last year that it's going to be out here at yeah. Cameron Farms." Yeah. So it was kind of sad, uh, right. but they have uh, they're they're moving it into uh, there's a new park, Miller's Quarters, ah. in downtown Minden. I was about to say Miller's Crossing. I was going to yeah. be very wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I, I, it's Miller's Quarters. I got to thinking about that this morning because uh, spring to me means Scottish Tartan Festival, right? And uh, we we usually like ride the bike over and uh, just make a day out of it and have a lot of fun. So, and this is in April. A, uh, now you got me. I got to look. Yes, April. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll have to look up the exact date because I'm not. No, here. I've got it right April here. April 22nd. Hold on. I've got it right here. No, it's April 22nd. <laughs> Excellent. Miller's Quarters in Minden, Louisiana. This is not a commercial. This is just something that uh, I, I love. We love going Super to every cool year. Super cool event. Yeah. And uh, they're moving it to uh, downtown Minden, which, uh, well, it, it'll be fine. I'm, Absolutely. Kudos to the, uh, the, uh, the, the group there for keeping it going. Absolutely. So, uh, anyway, Louis R. Avalone is in studio with us. Stay with us. we got to take a break. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty. Aaron still recuperating and coming uh, in, in the studio with us this morning is Louis R. Avalone from American Ground Radio. Heard every afternoon, 5 to 7 here on Keel. Uh, thank you so much again for coming in. Appreciate My your pleasure. time. Very, very much. I talked with uh, uh, yesterday the Shreveport Police uh uh, information officer about the the shooting yesterday we were all waiting because there hadn't been any any you know any information about uh, well you know uh, a young man was killed and, and we didn't know anything about what had happened for you know a few days uh but you know as, as you can imagine at a parade there were a lot of witnesses a lot of a lot of details to sort through and they were trying to make sure they got all that uh got all that straight and the the situation was in in case you're just joining us that uh, basically you know the their teenagers they all came from over in east texas they were friends and uh they were just cutting up horseplay and they're like some sword fighting and um uh, and and what it said in the release was interesting to me you made the comment that that, that this the 16 year old is the one uh that that fired the shot uh the 17 year old was the victim uh, but it said during there were there were like sword fighting with plastic swords and just cutting up, you know, being teenage boys. Absolutely. Uh, but it said during these actions, a 16 year old juvenile obtained a handgun. So I don't know if he brought the handgun um, and a single shot was fired, striking the victim. Yeah, that's a very strange way of characterizing that. Right. So that leads me to believe he didn't bring it i don't know maybe did he go back to the maybe vehicle? it was one that, you know is in their truck or in their car or something um and 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 obviously it was an accident it was what came to my mind was the the scene in indiana jones when the the 
Indiana's in the street and he faces that guy, starts spinning those mm-hmm. swords, and he just kind of rolls his eyes and pulls out a gun and shoots the guy, and uh, which was an ad lib on Harrison Ford's part, but they left it in the film. That's kind of what, for me, came to mind. I don't know if that's what happened or not. It was um, a comical moment in the film because the old, you brought a knife to a, a gunfight situation sure and indiana jones you know put that put that to rest immediately but i i you know i don't know it was it's just tragic that they were all friends and and uh something like this ended up happening and i actually heard on sunday from a couple of sources that the 16 year old dropped the gun accidentally and that in the process of it being dropped to the ground the gun discharged and but i believe that the press release from the shreveport police department indicates that the 16 year old pulled the trigger at least that was how it was characterized and you know there's a lot of folks out there that say well you see you see this is why we need gun control you know we need stricter gun laws and the question is what law would you pass to have prevented this inane, ridiculous, and I'll say it's stupid, fatal, unconscionable decision mm-hmm. that this 16-year-old made to obtain, as the press release indicates, mm-hmm. obtain a gun in the middle of a parade with family and children all around. What could not, I mean, anyway, it just, terribly irresponsible and not to excuse a 16 year old by any means but just just stupid just stupid it, 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 very unfortunate and and you know this is i mean obviously this is something he's going to deal with you know the rest of his life because they were uh and the victim's from, family and sure of the, course and as well they they were they were good friends so it's just a a, a tragic situation i um, I, I I am glad that it wasn't, uh, uh, you know, something that, even more nefarious, uh, gang, you know, your first reaction when you hear, uh, a teenager being killed is, is it's, you know, gang violence or, you know, a drug deal gone bad or something like that. This was just some kids cutting up and, uh, you know, no, no, no other people were, were in danger. It wasn't a, a, a situation where. Uh, anybody was being threatened at the parade and that's why I think it's really important that we don't extrapolate too much from this very poor irresponsible fatal decision of this 16 year old I, I don't think this means Mardi Gras parades are not safe or that they ought to be done away with as some on social media have opined you know, it, it's almost like saying, well, if there's if there's crime in any community, then no one should live there. Well, no, I mean, that's this is the world that we live in. Right. And unfortunately. This sort of thing happens. Yeah. And we don't understand why uh, only uh, the Lord above uh, has the answers as to why something like this, why tragic events like this one occur 
Well, and, and there was a, a shooting in New Orleans, crew of Bacchus Parade. Uh, they had a they had a, a shooting. There was another shooting during the uh, parade on Saturday, as well. But that was a dispute between individuals. That you know, Lewis, I I, I think you're younger than I am. But when we were growing up, if you got into a dispute with somebody, gun gun violence was the last thing on your mind. Either you know either. Engaging it yourself, or or fear of being engaged with a, a gun. But see, you I think, fought. You, you know, you fought it out, and then thirty minutes later, chances are you were fine, or you know there was no retribution, or it just it did the thinking wasn't there. No, and I think in this instance, it's wasn't necessarily an act of violence was right. premeditated. It was just irresponsibility, and so you have to ask the question. Well, I, I'm referring to the other yeah, shooting. Other shooting. Place, oh, absolutely. Where there was an argument and a dispute of some sort. But how many young people carrying guns, whether they should or they shouldn't, have been trained in handling those firearms? No, yeah. <laughs> because if they had been trained, you know, this 16-year-old, if he had, he or she, or it's he, had been trained, uh, would they have handled that gun? Would they have even obtained that gun? Uh, and right positioned I, I can, it in the manner that they did. I can tell you, my my kids were raised around guns and and taught to uh, not only respect them. Every gun is treated as a loaded weapon, uh, but but I also taught them how to use them and properly handle them. So it, it, it's it's it again incumbent upon the uh, parents or guardians. Anyway, we got to take a break. Louis R. Avalone is in studio with us. Mike and McCarty, one hundred one seven FM. Oh, share. I like this now. <laughs> I found the Mardi Gras bumpers. There you go. <laughs> I was looking all morning. I finally found them. Finally found them for <laughs> Fat Tuesday. Good job, Ruben. 1017 FM 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty with Lewis R. Avalone in studio. Uh, Lewis, we know our president is uh, out of country today because he's boldly and courageously walking through Ukraine and Kiev. Well, Air raid sirens are going off, and you know, I help call me. Yeah, no, I was going to say, call me cynical. I do you really believe that Putin, as crazy as he may be, will launch an attack in Kiev, where in fact Biden was the president of the United States, the leader of the free world? Come I, on! I heard a report that the that Biden's team is is a, a much smaller. He's kind of traveling incognito. They're excuse me. I think taking him around like in a, in a Toyota truck as opposed to the you know the normal beast, the caravan that that, that he travels with and. Yeah, you, know, you made a point just a moment ago. We were talking uh, uh, during the break that, you know, he can't secure our border. Right. And, and Ron, but, but, yeah, Ron DeSantis made that point is that, you know, we've had millions and millions of people pour in, tens of thousands of Americans dead because of fentanyl. And then, of course, we've suffered this national humiliation of having china fly a spy balloon clear across the continental united states and yet the president of the united states on president's day 
puts America last and flies to Ukraine to give them a check for $500 billion? I'm telling you, before this is all over. $500 billion. Uh, before An Another. Right. And we've already contributed $110 billion in economic, defense, humanitarian relief. But we can't afford to build a wall along our border? We can't afford to secure our own border? We can't afford to protect Americans from the folks that we don't even know who's coming across the border. But in terms of the sex trafficking, the human trafficking, the fentanyl, the, the illegal drugs coming across the border, and Biden on President's Day, of all days, goes to Ukraine to help secure their border. It's glaringly obvious. The only thing he's protecting is his is his investment over there. That's what it's his retirement plan, apparently. Uh, and an, another job for his son in Ukraine, who received millions. I, 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 it's just, it's beyond frustrating. Here is what we have contributed so far. Yeah, aside from just the dollars. 31 M1 Abram main tank battle tanks, 90 striker armored personnel carriers, 109 Bradley infantry fighting vehicles, 20 helicopters, 45 tanks, 10 command post vehicles, armored personnel carriers, armored security vehicles, patrol boats, I mean, howitzers mobile art artillery rocket systems ammunition i mean that's just the big stuff <laughs> and by the way that seriously and severely depletes the united states stockpiles for our own military so at the rate of production for example of the united states stocks of javelins that were sent to the ukraine it will take us 12 and a half years to replenish that stock so when you're talking about and this was a point that I've I've made before we're at war with Ukraine we're not there as far as boots on the ground but we're at war with them standing with standing with them you mean yeah essentially we have right. our military engaged so we're at war, in war against Russia without the president of the United States actually having declared war on Russia. Lewis R. Avalone in for Aaron, Mike and McCarty, 1017. Happy Fat Tuesday, y'all. 1017 FM. Who was that? 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Uh, Lewis R. Avalone in for Aaron. I did. Uh, I spoke with her earlier, and she's doing much better. She's doing great. Uh, she had so, uh, shoulder surgery. Did it again. Shoulder surgery and uh, had some tendons repaired. She's got the. She got her arm all cinched down tightly and not not able to move it, but. Hopefully she'll. Uh, she's got an appointment tomorrow, uh, back at the doctor. That'll be two weeks since her surgery, shoulder surgery. God, I need. I don't know if I need less Bailey's or more Bailey's in my coffee. Uh, but uh, hopefully she'll get released tomorrow and be back in the studio on Thursday. Yes. 
Louis R. Avalone in studio with us this morning. Uh, we've got some more to discuss uh, coming up after the break. And, and by the way, tomorrow uh, we've got Liz Swain from the Downtown Development Authority going to join us in studio during the 7 o'clock hour and uh, give us some updates on uh, what's happening in downtown Shreveport. Mike Very and McCarty, nice. 101.7 FM. Lil Wayne Toops this morning on this Fat Tuesday. Why do I feel like I have to say it that way? I don't know. Every time. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's the Mardi Gras spirit. It it's, takes it's, you over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is Fat Tuesday, 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Louis R. Avalone in for Aaron. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, years ago, and I know like it back in 2008, we had a St. Patrick's Day parade that went through Broadmoor, and it it never really took off. They did it a couple, two, three years. And it's I, been a while. Yeah, I, I I vaguely remember that. I do remember those, yeah. Yeah. I remember what, going wonder, to one. What, what, I, what happened? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really mean, don't. It was, it was small because it was just getting underway, and it was through the neighborhood. Right. Maybe they started drinking that morning. And it just never <laughs> progressed past that point. Well, it's they, like, what happened to the parade? I know. I I, uh, I don't know the organizers. Um, I know it was uh, there was a group called For Shreveport, and uh, in one of the parades, the the they 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 uh, had a charity that was doing the uh, playground at AC Steer Park, and uh-huh. and part of the funds were going to. Uh, it's called Right to Play Built. It was a handicapped accessible. Of course, that, now again, that was that was ten, twelve, sure, sure years ago. Um, Are you thinking about maybe bringing it back? I would love to. Okay, I would love to get a, a St. Patrick's Day parade going. Of course, somebody's going to go. Well, then why don't you do it? Exactly. You you are appointed <laughs> chairperson of yeah. that committee. I uh, well, I'll have to I'll have to look into that. Obviously, too late for this year, but. Uh, yeah, that I I I miss that. I I enjoyed that, celebrating the Irish heritage. Well, I think we have so many festivals. It's part of our, it's part of the flavor of not just the Shreveport Bossier area, but the entire state of Louisiana. Billy Nungesser, you know, has promoted Louisiana festivals. By the way, he's got the best the job world. in the world, other than other than mine and Aaron's. Well, I think he would tend to agree with you, except he did want to run for governor. So apparently he thought that one might be even better. I'd rather have lieutenant governor. I'd rather have that job. Well, and, and you know. Honestly. Well, no, I, I hear you because, and he's promoted a lot of festivals and obviously parades all over the state because when people think of Louisiana, of course, what's the first thing they think of? New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You know, everything. You get the question, oh, you're from New Orleans. Well, no, I'm not. And you, well, you must be close to New Orleans. No, no, I'm not. I'm actually <laughs> closer to Dallas. The ex- right. And yes. then this look of amazement like, you you know, you've suddenly grown a third leg. You know, it's like. My, my grandparents used to live in Dayton, Ohio. My grandfather was from Ohio, and he was Air Force colonel. Uh, so they did travel a lot. But I remember going to Dayton, Ohio. 
And I remember what the day looked like, even. It was kind of cold, obviously. And uh, my sister and I were at a playground behind my parent, my grandparents' house. You could go through their backyard, through the gate, and there was a little park back there. And there were other kids, and we, so we were talking with these other kids, and, my, and we were like, I don't know, 10, 11 years old at the time, and, uh, and they found out we were from Louisiana. And their impression of Louisiana was all, you know, bayous and alligators and, and Cajun. That was, that was what they thought Louisiana was like. And see, I think, and of course, I told them, "Well, yeah, I have to knock alligators off our porch when we go to school every morning." <laughs> and you ride a P row, <laughs> and, and yeah, school. take the P row to school chair. But I think the people of New Orleans have done an excellent job of marketing that that whole Orleans charm as well, because you know it's associated with the entire state. Well, I, I'm going to find out how to get a, a St. Patrick's Day parade rolling again in here, in some way here in Shreveport. Louis R. Avalone in studio for Aaron, Mike, and McCarty. One of One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty with Lewis R. Avalone in studio on this Fat Tuesday. Uh we were talking last segment about uh the uh the old St. Patrick's Day parade that used to take place and it was years ago now. Um I don't know what happened to it. I don't know the organizers. I'm gonna have to find out. I'd love to get that going again. There is an event co- coming back to Festival Plaza uh on St. Patrick's Day, Patty in the Plaza, that uh I'm looking forward to. And you know, there oh, wasn't there, there was an Italian American festival many, many years ago, I remember, in the heart of Bozier. They, uh, in in Bossier City, that's where it was held. We got a we got a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. It said many years ago there was also an Irish and Italian festival here in Shreveport, Bossier. And and I, I I consider myself pretty plugged in, but I don't remember that. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> maybe thirty, maybe forty years. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's been a little while, but. You know, we have so many diverse uh, cultures that have come together here in Shreveport. I know that as a Italian-American, uh, son of a first-generation son of an Italian immigrant, we have a very strong Italian community here. Uh, and, and there's other uh, Irish, uh, uh, German, uh, sort of course, uh, uh, Minden was a German settlement. Yeah, yes. We were talking uh, uh, about, uh, like, a, a good friend of mine growing up, uh, his family, Italian family, and they had a, a grocery store down on Caddo Street. And mm-hmm. when, they, when he was much, much younger, um, they, lived in, or, or they lived above the store. You know, I mean, it was just, it was like something out of, you know, an, an old movie. This was my grandparents, actually. Yeah. They lived right behind the grocery store that they ran uh and you know again it, immigrant well, stories are just so fantastic and of course some people would say oh but you you don't support open borders no <laughs> those you are guys two different things you guys didn't come in on a you know 
illegally. No, your not, your, not your parents, not, you know, they, they worked and came here. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, and went through the process and, I mean, and are much more appreciative of it. If you give somebody something, it has no value to them. You know, it's interesting when you talk to folks about the greatness of America, those that have the greatest appreciation for our freedoms are our immigrants or those Americans who have lived abroad and all of a sudden they aren't afforded all of the the rights and privileges of American citizenship and but when you say our immigrants you're talking about in in people like your parents well my my grandparents grandparents, my father uh, yes certainly that that came here legally and, and work to get here uh, people that come across and start demanding the rights of American citizens, even though they haven't done it legally, I have a, you know, obviously, I have a huge problem with. And then there's not an appreciation. And there's no assimilation into our culture. You know what oh, I'm saying? Absolutely. At home, we didn't speak Italian. I mean, we spoke Italian with our family in in Italy, but my father always considered himself to be an American first. God bless your father. Uh, thank you, Ruben. 1017 FM, 710 Kiel, Mike and McC- One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty Aaron still out Lewis R Avalone in studio with me so gracious to spend his time with us this morning uh, in studio Veronica Gardner with the Fat Tuesday Children's Parade you thought you thought Highland Parade wrapped up all of our parades we still have one more good morning yes that is correct so tell me about the Fat Tuesday Children's Parade so it is your family friendly focused uh children's parade it's at pierre Bezier mall parade rolls at 6 30 and um it's a perfect parade if you just want an easy breezy quick mardi gras taste of mardi gras uh there's no alcohol at all on the premises so um there'll be more kids than anything so if you're okay with that it's perfect for you now you were you were talking about vendors are there tell me about what what's the setup where where so, you you make the a, yeah. circle, a loop around the mall? So and- Pierre Bozier Mall, it's a big circle, so it's one mile, and like I said, it rolls at six thirty. We're usually done before seven thirty, so again, you don't have to tailgate for three hours. Uh, throughout the route, we do have several vendors, um, a couple food trucks, popcorn, some face painting, a cotton candy lady. Baskin Robbins is even bringing their ice cream truck this time, and we're pretty excited about that, being as it's decided to be mega hot today <laughs> so it, it, it how long has this been going on and is it is there a is there a kids crew what is <laughs> what is the story so uh back in the day started? yeah crudel femistique we used to put this on and uh, we disbanded in 2019 and all of our all of us board members for the fat tuesday children's parade we didn't we didn't want this to go by the wayside we wanted to have a family-friendly parade so um that's we're just a little committee of ladies who put this together and we do have some sponsors but um that's it so we we've been doing this many years and we just love doing it we're gonna it's gonna be great this year we actually have six of the Mardi Gras crews participating bringing their floats and 
all kinds of good stuff. And the Shriners are going to be there like usual. And we also have a lot of Barksdale Air Force Base people participating. We're, I'm kind of excited about this. The bomb team is supposed to be bringing some robot. I don't know what that's about, but I'm like, cool, bring it on. It's not, that's, that's neat. That's really neat. So who is this, tar who is this parade really targeted to? If you said this, this parade, when we planned it, we planned it. I know you said for kids, uh, but uh, it sounds like it's more for smaller or younger kids. Yeah, I, I really say any kids, even the big kids, you know, because um, some people don't want to have to be around those who've had too much to drink. And it just, it's, it's your family focused. It's perfect if you have a special needs kid because it's just over and done fast. And about the loudest thing we're going to have is the Huntington Band. <laughs> so that's fun. But it's definitely just your family friendly kid focused parade. And um, you just don't have to worry about anyone drunk falling over because it's completely alcohol free. We have a lot of security. We actually have six security checkpoints and we're only a mile. So. Oh, wow. But there's actual, this isn't just like somebody pulling a Red Rider wagon and throwing out Tootsie Rolls. There's going to be actual floats and marching bands. Yeah, marching bands, cars. We even have Miss Bipsy. We have uh, a group, the Dixie Diamond Twirlers. They're going to be twirling around. And uh, we have a baseball team, Cub Scouts, all kinds of stuff. And we, we actually, I think we have five or six floats this year. So it is a full-scale parade, but just think, not as long and um, no alcohol. So, so bring your kids, bring your family out. It's the uh, the final parade of uh, the Mardi Gras season in Shreveport, Bossier. Yep, closing it out. Pierre Bossier Mall. Veronica Gardner, thanks for coming in and telling us about the Fat Tuesday Children's Parade. Appreciate thank, your time. Thank you. One zero one seven FM. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty, Lewis R. Avalone uh, in studio. Aaron uh, has a doctor's appointment scheduled tomorrow. Tomorrow's Wednesday, right? Already? Middle? Already Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, oh, already Wednesday. We came in this morning. I told Ruben, I said, man, it's too early in the week for me to be this tired. Exactly. <laughs> Louis R. Avalone from American Ground Radio graciously uh, stepping in this morning and, and uh, my guest host. And uh, you guys, last night, um, of course, well, first of all, if, if you're just joining us, uh, Shreveport Police did re release details on the shooting from the Mardi Gras parade. Uh, on Saturday, and uh, the young man, 17-year-old uh, teenager from Elysian Fields, I believe, was unfortunately killed in that shooting. Uh, it, it ended up being because, I mean, for a few days, all we could do was speculate what had happened. Uh, but it ended up being he and friends were just horse playing, and an unfortunate situation took place. Uh, where where one of them was shot and you know, still a lot of questions because where did the gun come from did one of the kids bring the gun first of all there they shouldn't you know or was it in the in the you know in the car or vehicle that they came in because if you read the press release from the Shreveport Police Department um it said they 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 were horse playing sword fighting with plastic swords and then during these actions, and I'm quoting, a 16-year-old juvenile obtained a handgun. 
and a single shot was fired striking the victim so it it it, it sounds like i mean uh, well i mean not that he yeah. found one but uh, did someone hand him a gun obtained a handgun did he go back to his vehicle that wording has to be pretty specific to retrieve a gun right i mean yeah the, that words have meaning as my co-host stephen parr says very often but you know it, and this is very sad and it is a tragedy but i think there are some listeners out there that probably are thinking along the lines of this happens across our city every weekend mm -hmm. and in, in various neighborhoods across our, our town yeah. so I, I think we should be equally outraged at all sure. violence sure. gun violence any any violence that keeps our keeps our community keeps our people from feeling safe that they can bring their children wherever they might like that they can go shop where they uh, wish they go to restaurants they can be out after dark uh, there's so many folks that say I, I just don't go out after the sun goes down mm -hmm. and, and that's no way for a city to grow that's no way for a people to feel and, and we had some messages on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. Uh, one said, you do realize the parade is a gun-free zone and in the family area with children. Well, of course. Uh, even if you have a concealed carry permit, which I do, you're not allowed to take it. You're still not allowed to carry in, in certain buildings or situations like, you know, like a parade. Well, and that certainly applies to law-abiding citizens, but those that flout the law, those that care let could not care less about paying attention to the law, that sign, the gun-free zone means mm -hmm. nothing to them. Right. Yeah, you know, you can't carry into a school, which opens up, you know, the the conversation about uh with the school shootings and you know, how do we stop school shootings? Obviously, you know, somebody with a concealed carry permit can't be in the school, uh, you know, and carry. But there, there, was, uh, there was talk at one point about, like, arming teachers. And, and it was never intended to be all teachers have to be armed. That wasn't the case. It was those who were willing to be trained. Who yeah, were it, comfortable. Who were comfortable, you know carrying or possession uh, possessing a firearm uh would be able to because what's the adage the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is is, is to a good guy with a yeah, gun. yeah and and we see that more and more i i don't think our media necessarily reports those stories nearly as often but for every story about gun violence that the media puts out there there are equal numbers of stories if not more where some a bad guy with a gun is stopped by a good guy with a gun there was uh, not too long ago a church shooting uh, that took place not not locally and uh, the cameras in the in the sanctuary captured one of the parishioners take out the gunman because he was armed you know in the service and he wasn't uh, wasn't paid security but but they have people and and several churches have um i i say men but have men armed in this you know in the church that aren't paid security but 
uh, are are there in just in case the the unspeakable is to happen. And again, yes, it is symptomatic of a larger cultural decay, the breakdown of the family. And I know folks say, oh, you're oversimplifying this so much. You mean, you know, a, a traditional nuclear family is going to keep us all safe? It's going to prevent this type of violence? Uh, yeah. Well, and you're going to have, you're, it, it's it's inevitable, you're going to have the gun control advocates come out and say, we need, you know, we need stricter gun laws on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. Uh, America 1776 said, if laws worked, there'd be no murder. It's not the fact that we need more laws. It, it's it's not a it's not a this is not a legal issue. No, and and the fact that a gun was used is really beside the point. You, do you know? And this is this is according to FBI statistics. Hammers, just everyday carpenter okay. hammers, are used in over six hundred murders every year. I was not aware of that. Do you <laughs> useless trivia to some degree? But I knew I knew it was used on Dexter. During so, the so do we oh, need yeah. an executive order? Do we need an act of Congress that bans or otherwise controls the sale of hammers? Who can possess a hammer, even if one life is saved? Because that's what you'll hear from the left with respect to gun control. Even if we just save one life taking guns from law-abiding citizens, if, if, even if it's worth it if we just save one life. Well, and then there are those that would say, well, a hammer is not designed to kill people. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing devil. I okay. understand. You, you, you. Well, and I don't know that. All guns are intended to kill people. Many guns are used for sport, uh, for whether it's hunting or target practice, etc. But again, I, I think the, the larger issue is being responsible, raising children in a society that make good decisions. And this was just a stupid decision. Uh, in the part of this 16-year-old uh, at the at the parade on Saturday, and you know, again, I just I just want to be very careful that we don't over extrapolate anything more from this in terms of saying that our parades are not safe. And I know mm -hmm. some people would say, "Was this? There were two shootings on Saturday at this parade. Are you telling me this is a safe parade?" Are you going to have uh, metal detectors set up along? I mean, there's you, there's just no way the to prevent. Thing, then. Just just shut everything down. Let's Lu just stay home. Louis R. Avalone in for Aaron McCarty with Mike and McCarty. 1017 FM. Uh One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty Erin uh, still recuperating from her shoulder surgery Louis R Avalone from American Ground Radio in studio with us and uh, Louis we just have a, a second here before our our, our, our next uh, our next break but there's there's something happening at Asbury College and Theological Seminary in Kentucky that is phenomenal 
they they had they they just started their church service from what I understand uh, on Sunday, and one young man it, it's it's you know a campus. Uh, one young man got up and and shared his testimony and and began a confession of sorts, um, but it opened the floodgates of the apparently uh, you know the Holy Spirit moving in this congregation. That worship service is still going on to this moment. Thousands of people. Thousands of people. Um, one of our senior pastors from from our church, uh, he, he said he made the fourteen and a half hour drive, stood in line seven hours in hopes to get into Hughes Chapel. Um, he said there it, there were no individual voices, but it was a unity of singing, two hours of praise songs. Uh, there are thousands of people all over the campus. Uh, participating, those waiting to get in. It's a, it's an amazing situation that's going on right now. It sounds like an old-fashioned revival. There, I, I know You just mentioned Billy Graham had one in 1952. And his lasted from what, January 13th to February the 7th. And, you know, there were thousands there as well. You know, I, I just celebrate prayer. I celebrate prayer in our nation, especially uh, this glorious nation whose motto is, in God we trust. Tucker Carlson mentioned it the other night. Uh, and, and, and don't quote me on when this started or, or actually how long it's been going on, because he said uh, that this, this is something that's pretty indescribable right now. And he said he wanted he they were his show was going to send a crew from Fox News to see what was going on and to cover it. And they reached out to to people on the campus and they said, you know what, we love what you do, we love your show, uh, but please don't, because there's something really special going on here right they now. They don't want to commercialize and it. They don't want to yeah interrupt and 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 distract from it. And Tucker said, kudos to them for turning us down. Uh, it, a pretty amazing experience. I just, I just, uh, I'm fascinated by this and very, very excited by this. So, uh, might inspire some other churches, absolutely. other campuses across the country. Because if that's one thing this that this country needs right now is a returning to our foundation. Our forefathers were Christians, like it or not, you know, whether you agree with it or not. And, well, and they founded on biblical principles. But I, I know we've got to take a break. But uh, yeah, just some, if 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 you haven't heard about this going on at Asbury College and Theological Seminary, look that up. It's uh, pretty incredible stuff. Lewis R. Avalone in studio for Aaron, Mike, and McCarty, one hundred one. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCartney with Lewis R. Avalone from American Ground Radio. Earlier, Lewis, we were talking about I was <laughs> lamenting the fact that we didn't we don't have the um uh Saint Patrick's Day parade that we did uh, for a few years through Broadmoor and it was um it was started or or involved with right to play 
And I got a message on, on Facebook. Thank you, Jackie McAllister. Said uh, Right to Play was started by Dr. Karen Gordon, a veterinarian here in town, who, by the way, I forgot about this, is uh, a, one of my wife's cousins. It still exists. They're uh, currently doing updates of equipment after some vandalism at uh, AC Steer Park, uh, the the playground, a handicapped accessible playground that they built um, there at AC Steer, and and so yeah, really cool stuff that was uh, that was going on then. So uh, yeah, they, no, they got cameras installed at AC Steer, and then of course this playground. So uh, Right to Play is still active uh, here in town, but. And certainly for those families with special needs, children, I mean, that just, that's another, I guess, amenity of living in the shreveport Bozier area. A lot of good things. There's a lot to, you know, we, we've talked about this before. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's very easy to, to bash a lot of negatives, but there's a lot of good things that we have uh, as well. And, and you know, I, I'd, I'd like to highlight more of those, in, including a St. Patrick's Day parade. I'm that you're starting, that. apparently. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm going to look into see if we can get one of those, uh, get one of those rolling again. We have one in 2024. Louis R. Avalone in for Aaron. She's got a doctor's appointment, by the way, tomorrow. Hopefully get released and uh, we'll have her back on Thursday. 1017 FM. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, Lewis R. Abalone, uh, my guest host today. Thank you so much. We got Liz Swain, uh, not guest hosting, but coming in tomorrow morning, giving us an update on uh, events coming up downtown as we head into spring. Uh, spring, I, 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 of course, I, I, I love my favorite time of year is fall. I just I love the fall and and all it brings, in, including the promise of cooler weather right, after the right. after the Louisiana summers, um, but uh, but I, I spring as well springtime planting yeah everyone's getting ready for uh, getting their yards all oh, uh, yeah. in order I was thinking of that yesterday as I was walking one of the dogs and coming up into the, through the yard and I'm going I gotta I gotta get that you know that pre weeding feed out. Get will there be going. A, will there be another freeze that's the big question right i you know i was looking at the, the extended forecast looks like we're cold weather's kind of behind us but i'm sure there's always going to be one more you know late gasp cold snap winter gasp um mardi gras this of course fat tuesday the huge parades uh, are, 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 again, uh, in the books, but there is one more parade. We had Veronica Gardner in studio with us earlier this morning for the Fat Tuesday Children's Parade, which actually sounds like it's a lot of fun, especially if you have little ones and uh, you don't want to fight the thousands, the throngs of crowds um, at, at Pierre Bossier Mall. I think it gets underway about 630, and they're going to have actual floats and marching bands and clowns and face painting so if you've got little ones or just the family wants to get out tonight and go uh, one last last little mardi gras taste sounds like something fun yeah absolutely and also i believe tonight the broadmoor neighborhood association uh will be having their shreveport city marshall 
forum or debate. Oh, I'm uh, glad you brought that up. Yeah, so I believe that begins, I believe, hold on, that starts at... Uh, Is that at the Presbyterian Church? Starts at 6.30 at Broadmoor Presbyterian Church. And so uh, if you're not going to the Children's Parade in uh, Bossier City, then uh, certainly... Uh, and you live in in that neighborhood, or you're interested in who the next city marshal will be, Mm -hmm. uh, this would be the place to go. Broadmoor Neighborhood Association at 6.30 p.m. tonight, Fat Tuesday, at the Broadmoor Presbyterian Church. I'm glad you brought that up, because uh, I'm a member of the Broadmoor Neighborhood Association, as a matter of fact. Well, see, you should be there. I absolutely should be there. If your schedule permits. Uh, James Jefferson, acting city marshal. Uh, Grayson Butcher. Grayson Butcher is running, yeah, city council member. And uh, Don Gault. Don Gault. Gault, yeah. Gault. I keep wanting to throw an L in there. Uh, Are are there other candidates? There are some others, and I'm drawing a complete blank. (laughs) think that might say it <laughs> but you you can find out more about that tonight thank you for bringing that up broadmoor neighborhood association meeting at six thirty at the broadmoor presbyterian church yes you know not a lot of people think about the city marshal's office but it is a vital role absolutely absolutely uh lewis r avalone american ground radio five to seven every monday through friday right here on this same bat station thank you so much my pleasure i deeply appreciate you appreciate it uh aaron mccarty hopefully be back on thursday 101.7 fm 710